Hello, and welcome to The, the Smiley, Smiley Signal with your host, Stephanie Nicole Hanna and Danielle Mae Franklin. So, tonight, as fitting for Halloween being upon us, we thought we would welcome you into our haunts here at Central. And nothing goes better with Halloween than spooky stories to tell in the dark. So, we'll be going around with all of our buildings here on Central to tell you the ghost stories that happen in those buildings and the most frequently seen things. But, we also have two guest stars with us tonight. Hello, my name is Taylor Allen. I'm currently a sophomore at Central. I'm majoring in middle school science education and I'm a member of the library staff work study. I'm a member of Sigma Alpha Iota and I'm also a part of the Navigators Ministry here on campus. And I am uh, Professor Parker Johnson. I teach web design here at Central, and I uh, run the school's website in the marketing communications department as the webmaster. I'm a alum of Central, class of 2017, and I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. Yes, we very much appreciate it. So we will go ahead and get started with our first haunted building here on Central Methodist University's campus. So our first building is Howard Payne dorm. Our first ghost in Howard Payne actually comes from a true incident that happened here on campus. In the 1940s, there was a young girl on campus who lived in the dorm while it was being reconstructed. As she walked past the construction site one day, a brick fell from above and hit her in the head, killing her instantly. Reports have said that since that day, you can still see her coming out of the fog, running towards the dorm to try and get to safety. Our second ghost is a very popular story around campus and also an unsolved one. A young lady disappeared from her dorm on the third floor of HP South and left all of her stuff. Soon after, someone, or something, trashed her room, breaking all of her furniture and throwing her possessions across the room. All of this happening without making a sound. The college thought it was just a normal prank, so they locked the door and boarded up the room in case the young lady ever came back. But the next morning, footprints were seen outside the door, and when they unboarded the door and opened the room, there were footprints on the inside too, and the young lady never came back. Can I add something to that? Yeah. I just want to say, I live in Howard Payne South on the third floor, <laughs> and um, honestly, like there have been numerous times this semester where things will just fall off of our walls. Um, our doors just like shut on their own. Um, it's very spooky. Like things that should not fall off of the walls come off the walls. So <laughs> it's real, guys. Our final Howard Payne ghost did not have such a mysterious disappearance. A young co-ed hung herself from the pipes in her room on the fourth floor of HP North, and you could still hear the pipes creaking from her swinging back and forth. And it is even said that you can still see her shadow hanging over the floor. I just got chills. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> Our next building on Central Campus is Brannock. Uh, when the administration building, now known as Brannock, was used as housing for Union forces, they left little in the building when they left after the war. But they did leave one important thing. It said that one night, something spooked the soldiers' horses, and in their panic, they trampled the stable boy to death. People who have stayed late at night in Brannock Hall have said that you can hear hoofbeats, screams, and shovels hitting the ground from where they buried the stable boy underneath the building. Also late at night, if you look up to the windows on the third floor, you can see a figure walking past the windows and footsteps can be heard in offices on the third floor. The only problem is, 
No one ever sees the person responsible for the footsteps. Um, also, in addition to the stable boy, I'm very, very certain that when I lived in Holt, which is the dorm building across from Brannock, that that little boy decided to befriend me while I was living there, and we just became buds. And he was knocking stuff off of my walls and opening my bathroom door, and I just became friends with him. Because that seemed easier than telling him to go away. <laughs> so our next haunted building is actually the building where this podcast is coming to you from, Smiley Library. So everyone here on campus knows that Smiley Library is haunted. Between our very spooky door to nowhere and George Smiley walking around moving books as he pleases, students on campus are naturally scared of this building, and most haven't even seen a ghost in person. But one freshman girl was reportedly cornered by one of our malevolent spirits who died while the couple's addition was being built. He was trapped in between the new addition and the existing building. A librarian intervened after she heard the girl screaming and the ghost got scared off. The librarian did a search on this ghost and discovered that he was a wanted man in Kansas for seven murders before he came to Fayette to help with the building of the addition. Instead of removing the door at the bottom of the stacks that was the exit for the dormitory, the construction workers left it there in case the man could get out. After that, the freshman girl gave up college and returned home, not being able to stay on the same campus as the vile thing she saw that day. Another frequent haunt of the Smiley Library is George Smiley himself. George Smiley was a Central College graduate of 1881 and an adjunct professor of Greek and Latin from 1881 to 1885, and he was a great lover of books. Smiley loved to study in the library during the late evenings, and he reportedly traveled with his beloved books once the library was moved from T. Barry Smith Hall to the new building, Couples Hall, also known as Smiley Library. Students who work late at night in the library said that they have heard footsteps on the third floor. He also loved the Wall Street Journal, and that newspaper often moves throughout the library. Sometimes, when library workers come in early, they find the newspaper open at the main desk, as though he has been reading and standing guard over the entrance of the building overnight. Taylor, have you ever experienced? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. I don't work in the mornings, um, but I did file a Wall Street Journal today, so that's interesting. <laughs> He's going to be coming for that journal. <laughs> also printed in the Collegiate newspaper in the early 1900s, a short paragraph reads, Frank Birchfield, who rooms in number 13, Couples Hall, is one who will bear testimony that the time-worn superstitions regarding the ill-luck omen number 13 is still equally potent. Birchfield moved into room 13 without any thought as to the bad luck that was to befall him. But after he had gone to town and returned, he had found most of the plaster from the ceiling in small bits on his bed. Now he swears that he will never make light of the current superstitions. So this building was haunted way back into the early 1900s when it was still a male dormitory on campus. I just want to know where room 13 is. Right? I am looking for the blueprints as okay. we speak. <laughs> I am finding them. <laughs> So a few I was going to go through. Um, first, I was going to talk about the uh, about T. Barry Smith Hall, sp specifically um, the Stevens Museum. So in the museum, there is a portrait, and I'm going to do my best to pronounce this, of Bishop Enoch Mather Marvin, who was a friend of the schools and a uh, friend of the church in the earliest years of Central Methodist College, as it was then known. So there's this big painting, and... The way it was done is it 
looks like the bishop, who it's a portrait of the bishop. It looks like he's floating in the air. And maybe this was an honest mistake, but there are there are no shadows on the portrait. So again, he has that that floating effect. Um, and as the as the story goes with his ghost is that that's intentional because that is the ghost of the bishop in the painting and he is floating there and when it is late at night in the museum and no one is around he steps out of the canvas of the painting and he walks around the museum and checks that everything is in its place you know might straighten out a bookshelf here turn an exhibit there um, and then he'll walk back into his painting and and rinse and repeat uh, every night um (laughs) This has been corroborated, some would say, by people who are in Tiberi later at night and they can hear things bumping and what sounds like somebody walking around in what is assuredly a locked museum at the time. Um, additionally, uh, in Tiberi Smith Hall uh, is the ghost of Tiberi Smith. Um, so uh, Tiberi Smith taught chemistry in the building um, from 1886 to 1926, and then when he retired, he became the uh, college historian. Um, T. Barry Smith passed away in 1933, and it has been said that you can hear him walking throughout the third floor, as that was his floor where he taught and where his office was, and you can hear the scratching of an old pen on paper. Uh, And some of our, uh, some of the plan operations staff and the janitors have attested that the lights on that third floor will flicker on and off as if he is done with his appointments in the office and then will leave for the night. I swear I have met one of them in the Stevens Museum or the Central Museum of History when I was working on displays in there. I heard the door open, someone walk in, but then there was no one there. It was awful and I (laughs) left immediately. I was not sticking around for the rest of that. But you haven't had George Smiley come talk to you? Not yet, and I don't want him to. Even after working here? I don't want him to. I don't want to meet him. And then I had I had some additional yeah, ones here. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the, uh, the church, uh, Paul H. Lynn United Methodist Church, um, has a few stories. Um, one has been recorded by a visiting ghost hunter that we've had visit campus. Um, so they come with you know the the spectrometers mm-hmm. and the microphones and they have got on audio recording a voice uttering you know, get out um <laughs> uh when you enter in a specific it's 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 picky entering the church from the entrance of the parish house mm-hmm. and this is this is purely specious reason uh, reasoning here but the theory is that it might be related to a worker who passed away um, during a cave-in when the Centenary Chapel was being built, which is what Lynn UMC was, mm-hmm. and then it burned down and then they rebuilt it mm-hmm. as Lynn. Um, the other story I have about Lynn is a little more uh, innocent, but there are some students who have been uh, in the church after hours, maybe when they shouldn't have been, and they, I, the alum that I've spoken to about this, they were some music alum, they were just uh, sitting up in the uh, in the balcony talking and just and just hanging out but they could hear footsteps running up and down the lowest aisle oh. but everyone who was in that church was only in the balcony <laughs> <laughs> um, the and then probably uh, I would say of the stories I got this the second scariest one um, 
is a ghost that has no known set location. And <laughs> this ghost this ghost has a name. It's called Red Eyes. So a so a past uh, a past uh, uh, student activities in Greek life coordinator uh, Rambo Michael Rambo uh, told me about this. Um, so as a lot of people know, and but some may not, but there are steam tunnels running running along most of campus. One yes. of them actually burst in Clickenview Hall and flooded because we this is a historic campus. That's how we heated things back in the day. Well, the steam tunnels have to be human accessible, so you can you, you have to go repair a pipe or something. And that is kind of Red Eyes's domain, is the steam tunnels. <laughs> um, and the interesting thing about Red Eyes is that uh, between all these stories, so we have, you have the boy in Brannock who, you, he's probably even like a friendly or benevolent yeah. spirit. There's some of the spirits in the con who aren't bad ghosts. Red Eyes is a bad ghost. <laughs> <laughs> he's bad. He, yeah, the, the quote here, you feel a heavy, malevolent presence oh. when, when Red Eyes is around you. And the thing is, is again, he wanders. He has been seen in the steam tunnels, leaving the steam tunnels, and uh, the story I got secondhand from Rambo is that he saw him, uh, or it, uh, by the student center, kind of on the side between uh, T-Berry and the student center, just wandering. So it's a uh, he 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 could be out there. Do we know why his name is Red Eyes or its you, you name see, is Red you Eyes? See red oh wait, eyes. you just see Red Eyes. Yeah, so okay. it, you, it's it's a it's an amorphous blob. You okay. know, is male- but but you can you see piercing. It's um, nice. what, what is it? Uh, uh, the Amityville Horror. You know. Oh yeah. Um, yeah imagine that. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. <laughs> and then the la- the last of my stuff I've got is actually uh, for Givens Hall, which is by all accounts the most haunted building on campus by mm-hmm. by sheer number of recorded sightings of ghosts by the most varied number of people. Gibbons is the most haunted building on campus. Maybe probably in the county, if somebody wants to check me on Ooh. that. So there is, I think you refer to her as the matron. Yes. Yeah, so yep. there, there, is, there is a lady ghost. Um, and from the notes that I've collected and heard is that uh, she will hang out. There's a chest on the stairs mm-hmm. on your way up to the second floor of Gibbons. And that is, that, that's her favorite spot to hang out. But she will walk up and down the stairs uh, throughout like the parlor. Um, but most people, again, the most number of people have seen her in front of in front of that chest okay. in Gibbons. And then there is Suite 201 and 202, which I have here in all caps, the most haunted spot on campus. So one the, the one really good story I got about this was from um, Miss Mary Lay, the president's assistant, because uh, just bureaucracy here, but when people visit Gibbons, when it acts as a bed and breakfast, they have to check in and out with Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, you know, pay the write the check. And yes. Check out. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is seeing these people all the time. She is constantly uh, talking with these visitors who stay in Gibbons. Um, and we had a visiting um, international student and uh, his or her family who was um, they were from South America, um, and they were they were. From my understanding, a very you know these were devoutly religious Catholic people, um, and when they were checking out and visiting with Miss Mary, the woman was was shaking. She was you know fumbling oh. fumbling her keys in in her hand as she's trying to write this check. And Mary asked, you know, is is something wrong? And um, this woman said they were woken up in the middle of the night by by a voice telling them to get out. And they did. They, 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 <laughs> they, they left. They, either they immediately packed their things up and went and stayed somewhere else for the night and then came up, came back in the morning to check out. Um, we have had, um, also in Gibbons, they 
if we have people working on campus, like a contractor, if they're here for a temporary thing, we put them up in Gibbons. Yeah. Um, a number of these contractors or these technicians have attested to um, either hearing the skid out voice or they hear, you know, banging on their door or banging on their neighbor's door, whispering voices throughout um, throughout the building. It is, it is such a problem in Suite 201 and 202 that people who know, which is all, at least all of us now, yeah. people who know how haunted Gibbons in that room is will, will ask, hey, Mary, I want to come visit, but don't put me in Suite 201. <laughs> and I, I think that's, that's all I've got. <laughs> is it bad that I want to stay in that room now? Well, not by myself, but kind of want to. Just to experience it. Do, do the cots request to stay in a different suite that's not 201 when they come? I don't know. I should have asked Bill when I saw him that yeah. last time. The the I so I I talk I talk big game about 201, but I, I did <laughs> I did a, a a ghost tour of campus about two years ago. Um, we had a bunch of visiting like middle schoolers or something, and I, I took them into Suite 201, and and it, it would have been really awesome because I talked up the whole tour. But then I showed up and there were people actually staying there. So, so, so I popped in and I was like, oh, oh, there's people here. Uh, by the way, strangers, you are in the most haunted building on campus. <laughs> it doesn't seem creepy now with all the lights on and there's like eight of you staying here. But trust me, it's really freaking in here. And I told the people, trust me, it's really freaking in there. Let's leave them alone because it's like 830 and I want to go to bed and not be barged in on by people they don't know. <laughs> I mean, or yes. I mean, more people, maybe less things happen when there's more people. Yeah. Kind of want to do my own ghost adventures investigation in yeah. there now, just for fun. Just, just I, for fun. Yeah, I, I think people live there currently. There, there is some freshmen living there because we had such a large influx of freshmen mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, um, oh. I don't know their names, but and might, I also don't know what suites they're in. But yeah, probably yeah. definitely not two hundred one now. <laughs> <laughs> so our next dorm room on the list is actually our newest and our nicest dorm on campus, which is McMurray Coed Dorm. So. Our ghost stories start off with a student who actually shot himself in a bathroom on the fourth floor of McMurray. The bloodstains couldn't be fully removed from the bathroom, so they had to close down that facility altogether. Years later, after major renovations were done to the building, the facility was reopened with no evidence of what happened. Shortly thereafter, a young man said that he was in the middle of a shower when he heard a loud bang and blood started pouring out of his shower head. Yuck. (laughs) (laughs) There is also a urban legend of roommates in McMurray who died from carbon monoxide poisoning, and their choking and screaming could still be heard from whoever lives in that suite. Hmm. Our last ghost in McMurray is reportedly a maintenance man who died in the dorm's basement when he got trapped under a boiler that collapsed. He still bangs on the pipes and radiators in the building, trying to free himself from under the boiler. You know, a, a related to st- related story to that, and I should have brought this up when we were talking about HP, <laughs> but uh, the first, I only lived in HP for one year. The first time that they turned the heat on, because it's a big day, mm-hmm. they say AC is off, heat is on, mm-hmm. you know, winter is here, bundle up. <laughs> well, they, is coming. And they... When they turn that heat on to HP, if you're on the side with the radiators, it's really freaking loud. It's very loud. I can attest to that. 7.30 yeah. every single morning. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning, radiator. How yeah. are you? And if you are, if you were anything like me and we're not aware of what radiators sound like when they're being turned on, you're there, the pipes are banging, and it's, it's mm-hmm. again, it's really loud, and, and it, it freaked me out. It freaked me out so bad when they turn on in the middle of the night. It was about mm-hmm. 9.30, 10-ish. 
my roommate and I, both not knowing what was going on, mm-hmm. leapt out of our beds, had a collective, what is going on? In my subconscious mind, I thought, holy cow, somebody is trying to break into my dorm from the outside. <laughs> I was not thinking at the time, wait, I live on the fourth floor, this could be happening, but it, was, it, it scared the crap out of me. And then we had the realization, oh, it's just the heat. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just the heat. It, it didn't get any less annoying. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, so next up, I'm going to be talking about the Sweeney Conservatory, something very near and dear to my heart as a music student. So the, cons- the Sweeney Conservatory is home to beautiful music and a dark, tragic past. Most of Fayette was at the concert held in the Assembly Hall the night that Professor Tom Birch was conducting the band. During a passage in the piece known as The Catacombs, Professor Birch died and fell off the stage. More than once since his death, students have seen the professor under the clock tower by the assembly hall doors. He is dressed in a tuxedo, smiles, and says, lovely night for a concert, isn't it? He then walks through the locked assembly hall doors and disappears. And Louise Wright was the first dean of the conservatory, and she died during a performance in the recital hall of Sweeney Conservatory in 1958, much like Professor Birch did just six years later. She was playing a long run on the piano when she fell onto the floor dead. Stories say that you can still hear Dean Wright playing her piece on the piano in the recital hall. It is also said that you can hear her play a duet piece with her lifetime companion, Opal Hayes, who also taught piano at Howard Payne Women's College and at Central College. You can see Opal visiting the old Phi Beta room, which is currently the Sigma Alpha Iota room, above the recital hall, rearranging the furniture and singing as she strolls along you can look into the recital hall from the steps of Teaberry and see the two there together or walking along in front of the building. You may even hear one of them playing the piano while the other sings along with the piece. These two spirits are said to be benevolent, and if you're like me, I didn't know what that meant. Apparently it means not harmful. <laughs> Much like they were when they were living. I had, uh, I had two uh, cool kind of notes on those ghosts. Um, so with Professor Birch, the guy under the clock tower, um, there is an alum uh, that I know, Dr. Bruce Meyer, who was in the band being conducted by Professor Birch when he keeled over and died. Mm-hmm. So it, this, this, was, this was, when I told him about this, yeah, I, I was right there, I was three rows back, you know, playing such and such, and then he fell over and died. So it, it, it is just a known, attested to fact that, mm-hmm. that this happened and, and, he, and he passed away. But with um, uh, Dean Louise Wright, I actually had a, a quote here that is in its own way kind of, kind of a sweet bittersweet quote but uh, uh, so uh, Dean Thogmorton the old dean of students here this is from his wife um, Helen Thogmorton um, she witnessed um, Dean Louise Wright passing away during her performance and said quote what a lovely way to go just doing what she loved she just finished the flourish and then she was gone Wow. A, a, a bittersweet ending, but I mean, for for a musician, that's a that's a very uh, poetic way to go. Yeah, kind absolutely. Of. Yeah. So um, it could be said that, and this has happened very recently, like last year. I would hear stories about this, but I have friends who say that they were in the conservatory practicing their music late at night. Um, they were for sure they were the only students in there on on either floor, um, and they would be in there practicing their music, not piano music, mind you, um, and they would stop or pause in their piece and they could hear piano music. And so I had a friend, she said that she left her practice room to go see who else was in the con with her and no one was there. But she swears up and down that she could hear piano music. So she next time you're in the play. con, students, <laughs> listen for Opal. 
Yeah, and and with the with Opal being um, so benevolent is that it's really uh, not so much like an inside joke with SAIs, but uh, they they did their homecoming T-shirts a few years ago oh, that yeah. said and they, so it had a it had a print of the conservatory with a, a ghostly silhouette in in the window of the SAI room mm-hmm. and it's it's like thanks Opal yeah uh, <laughs> so. I think the exact quote was we have a running joke that you know you don't say you don't say harmful things you don't say bad things um, whenever you're amongst, you know, SAI things. Mm-hmm. And so the joke was, sorry, Opal. Sorry, Opal, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still here, hanging out with them all. So a lot of students on campus, if not all the students, have at least one ghost story that they've experienced themselves or they've heard from other students that have experienced them or they've just been passed down from alum. But if you are on Central Campus, then you know for sure one of the buildings that we didn't mention was Holt Hall Girls Dormitory. And if you aren't on Central Methodist Campus, we did not mention this building. And it is because that no one has actually died in Holt, but it is constantly said that things happen in that dorm. And Givens might be the most haunted building on campus, but Holt and Howard Payne are in a tie for the second running of that. So a lot of people in Holt have said that their bathroom doors open, their closets open, sinks will turn on by themselves, lights will turn on and off, they hear scratching on the doors and the walls, their doors will shake from people trying to get in, they hear things. I myself have had things fly across the room with my roommate watching. It was a very frightful experience. We got to class 30 (laughs) minutes early that day, (laughs) which never happens, but we were not hanging out in that room for a second longer. And it's it's very interesting and anyone that lives in Holt will say that they do not go to the Holt basement because something oh. taught our bird on campus Terry <laughs> to say get out that's a common <laughs> phrase everyone wants you to get out of whatever room you're in wait, wait, so the Holt basement is directly beneath my office so the, the marketing <laughs> communications office we are the 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 first floor of Holt we share with admissions and financial aid and I, ha- I have a door within my eyesight down to the basement um, of Holt. And uh, I started the joke, and it is now just the term. I, I call it murder basement. So, we'll, <laughs> so we will... Uh, Pleasant name. Yeah. Well, well the you know, plan offs and Wally will come by or whatever, and they'll just run downstairs, and they'll, hey, you know, good luck in murder basement. And what is actually quite hilarious is we had a, a past employee, um, uh, Maggie Gebhardt, who uh, moved on to... Uh, greener pastures out in Texas, but Wally would do the cruelest thing because he would go down there do plan ops things, fix something. But he would take a like a broom handle, and he knew where above his head Maggie would be sitting, and he would bang on the, on the no. floor, and she would leap out of her chair no. out of sheer terror. Poor Maggie. Yeah. Actually, I do have a Holt story. So as someone that lived in Holt just last year, um, I never saw anything fly across the room necessarily, but I lived with a girl and she doesn't go to this school anymore, but um, she would tell me that there were spirits or ghosts or whatever. She told me that they would like be in our room, in our closet. She said that she could talk to them in the elevator. And it was actually a big reason why I like was very um, adamant about getting out of Holt this year because I was so scared. So yeah, so they're, she was talking they're still to around. Them? Yeah, she said that she like could see them and talk to them. Is she at a school for witches now? I don't know. <laughs> she went to Hogwarts. Hogwarts. She should be. <laughs> see, there you go. Yeah. 
we know there's coast in there now. We have had someone talk to them. It is real. We are validated. <laughs> can you can you major in being like a medium? I would love that because I'd love to know what the ghosts were and hold. They were red <laughs> eyes wandering around. And that's yeah. what it was. Red eye had multiple other red eyes, and now they're just wandering. Actually, uh, red eyes has been seen in the basement of Holt. See, that's, oh, probably, see, there that's it is. probably what the yeah. issue is. That's what taught Terry to say, get out. And I I believed Terry. He wanted out of that basement. <laughs> Terry will, there, will there be a ghost of Terry when Terry passes on? Yep, in the whole basement. In the I whole mean, basement. I feel like there would have to be. Like, He's, Terry's just a yeah. prominent part of... He's CMU now. He's scary enough alive. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. If you're not For those of you that don't know, yeah. Terry is a pair He's a macaw. 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 He's yeah, a macaw. macaw. So sorry. He's a macaw. He lives in Stedman, our science building. And sometimes you'll just be walking by Terry's room and he'll just scream at you for no reason. So mm-hmm. that's Terry. But I mean, he'll also say hello. Sometimes so. he says hello. <laughs> He gets very angry if his radio is not on and not playing music. He does not like the radio being off. He's quite moody. Yeah, <laughs> he is moody. Say, yeah. He's a very moody, moody person. Yes. So those are all of our ghost stories on campus, I believe. We have gone yeah. through all of the buildings, at least the, the haunted ones. So we really want to thank our guest stars, Taylor and Parker, for being here for our very yes. extra spooky episode. It has been a blast. We love talking about the spooky ghost stories on campus. Mm-hmm. So thanks a lot, guys. Thank you for having us. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, we also wanted to pop on here and talk real quick about another excerpt that we found in the Collegian. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, Stephanie, take it away. So, this actually isn't a ghost story, but it is a pretty inter- interesting little excerpt from one of our old collegians from the early 1900s, again, like our uh, other ghost story was. So, this one is just simply titled, Central Student Disappears. The whereabouts of Elmer Forshee was a, a freshman in Central College has caused the college authority some concern. Forshee has thought to not have been seen since Sunday afternoon. He is said to have told some of the boys that afternoon that he was going to the golf links. His home is at Ironton, and the telegram from his parents stated that he had not been at his home. He did not take anything with him but what he wore. And there was no other mention of him at all in later collegians, in the yearbooks, anywhere. So it's not known if he was found or if anyone ever heard from him or if he just completely disappeared like our girl in Howard Payne. Interesting. So right now, that's... So it was just like a one mention and then poof. And done. Wow. So that's two missing people that are known here on campus. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, we hope that you all enjoyed our spooky podcast episode um, that will help you get into the spirit of Halloween this week. Um, and we're going to be back in two weeks, right? Yep two weeks so make sure you like us on facebook um subscribe to us on apple podcasts rate us uh we're also on soundcloud so you can listen to us there as well um and make sure that when you see our post on facebook that you like and comment ask us questions we would love to be able to interact with you guys a little bit more um and if you have ideas about things we should talk about or you want to be on our podcast as a guest please reach out to us um and we can set something up and when we post the Tune In Tuesday for this episode, please comment and let us know any other ghost stories or experiences that you've had on Central Campus. 
we know we for sure did not cover all of them, not even our mm. own personal experiences. Yeah. No way could we cover all of them. <laughs> yeah, so let us know. Maybe we can get ghost adventures here. Maybe we can get a priest for an exorcism on campus or something. <laughs> something. Yeah, let us know. We need to have a talk with Red Eyes. We'll definitely, we'll definitely get someone here. Don't know who it is, but we'll get someone. Thanks for listening.